and bonjour all you gardening cats and gators. Welcome to Gardening with Cisco. And, uh, all right, June 22nd. So, boy, I'll tell you what. Hey, it's summer. How about that? That is a wonderful feeling to me. And uh, even though it's freezing out, <laughs> hey, summer is coming. We'll get it. I promise you that. So, uh, hey, I don't know if you caught me on New Day this week, but I I talked about herbs and how to use them and uh, how to grow them. So if you're interested in that, you can always uh, check out the videos on New Day Northwest. Just do a search on your computer and you'll get it. And uh, So I did a big thing with Chris Cashman on uh, Take 5 about bunnies in your garden. And people evidently have seen it, but I haven't been able to find the video on there. But it'll be on soon. And uh, speaking of coyotes, we're just talking about coyotes. Be nice to those things. <laughs> we need them to eat these bunnies because, uh, holy cats, they're everywhere. I've never seen an epidemic like this. There are bunnies everywhere you look. And it makes it really difficult to walk your dog. <laughs> I have to be on alert at all times for Izzy taking off like a rocket ship after one of these bunnies. She's nuts for them. And uh, these bunnies are so fast. There's no way your dog's going to catch one unless it totally gets trapped somewhere. So so uh, I'm for the coyotes. Let's be nice to those guys. <laughs> all right. Hey, I... Uh, I want to say hi to who I spoke to this week. So I was at the Bremerton Wilco this week. What a nice store that is. And I think they're having this big one-year celebration at the Bremerton uh, Wilco all weekend. I know they're having, uh, if you're in the neighborhood and you're hungry, zip right in there. <laughs> because it's on Wheaton Ave there. And uh, if because they're uh, having a free hot dog lunch today, so you can zip in there. And I got to say a big thanks to my friend Karen Chappelle. She makes the best chocolate chip cookies of any person I've ever met. She brought me this gigantic batch of chocolate chip cookies, and uh, they're the best ones you've ever made, Karen. And uh, all, m- most of them made at home. So Mary gets to try a few. It's lucky you made a big batch. And it was really funny because we were walking out together because she came to the talk. And uh, and by the way, thanks all of you for coming to that talk. It was a huge audience, and I really appreciate that. And uh, Wilco let me give away so many great plants. So we had quite a bit of fun. Of course, I gave away a T-shirt and a book. And uh, Karen was buying uh, Ville de Lyon uh, clematis, which is one of my favorite. It's a red. And uh, when she went to pay, they said, well, it's 40% off. She about fainted. So uh, I think that they have that deal through the weekend. I'm not sure, so you better check. But uh, it was quite a bit of fun giving that talk. So thanks a lot for coming. Hey, today I'm doing something really fun. It's at Christensen's Nursery in Mount Vernon. It's their rosy day out. This is their 16th annual Rose Festival. And uh, 
Tony and John Christensen are, they have the best roses out there of anywhere I know. They have these spectacular beds filled with all these really cool roses and uh, really great perennials. So it's a really fun festival, and they have rose ice cream out there. <laughs> and uh, I suspect there's going to be a huge crowd out there today because there are all these new roses coming out now that are so much easier to grow, and yet they're fragrant, they're spectacular. So uh, I think Jeff Wyckoff, Wyckoff's out there speaking, but I think he's done. But my buddy Nita Joe Roundtree is on at 1 o'clock talking about how to grow the new cords roses. And, uh, you know, she's one of the reasons why everybody knows about these great roses because she wrote that great book, uh, Growing Roses in the Pacific Northwest, and it's full of uh, telling you all about the roses that are easy to grow and are spectacular. So um, if you haven't got that book, I recommend it strongly. And uh, so then the big uh, the big talk for it, so Nita Joe will be speaking at one. And then I'm up there speaking with my good buddy, John Christensen. This is one of my favorite talks I do in the whole year. We usually get an enormous uh, audience. The talk's outside under a tent, and uh, John and I kind of trade off uh, talking about our favorite roses. He is the rose expert of all time, although I grow quite a few myself. And then uh, I get to talk about the perennials, even though John can do it just as well as me. But we have a lot of fun talking. talking together and everything and giving each other a hard time. And then uh, he usually lets me give away almost every perennial I talk about. So this is a really, really fun event. So I hope I see lots of you there. I'm going to be there at 3 o'clock today. So uh, it's on Best Road. I can't remember the exact address, but you can't miss it. Okay, so if you haven't ever been to Christensen's Nursery, hop in your car right now. And zip up there because you're in for a treat. Okay. Hey, uh, tomorrow, another really fun event for me. I'm going to be at the Vashon, uh, Vashon Center for the Arts Garden Tour. And I'm going to be at the Beer, Perry, and Cider Tasting Party, which means that people are going to like my stories quite a bit. <laughs> so I'm going to give a talk. It's kind of labeled uh, gardening in a time of climate change, but it's gonna, I'm going to be giving away some plants, and uh, I'm going to be taking your questions. And when I say certain words, you get to play bingo. If you hear me say certain words, you get to mark them down, and uh, you might just uh, win bingo. So <laughs> I'm sure there's some good prizes. I'm not sure exactly what's going to go on. And I just noticed that I'll be speaking at Sky Nursery uh, pretty soon. Let's take a look when that is because I'm all excited about that. So that'll be Saturday, June 29th at 2 p.m. So I don't really remember what that's about, but uh, Mary will let me know. <laughs> I just went to my own talk page and saw that. Oh, I wonder what I'm talking about. So I'll find out and I'll let you know. Hey, I uh, just uh, want to let you know something else here. And that is that uh, 
that is that uh, there's some really great garden tours going on right now. So the fifth annual Mill Creek Garden Tour and Artisan Market is going on Saturday, June 22nd. That's today, by the way. <laughs> hey, it's a self-guarded tour through six great gardens. Starts at 11, but it goes till 4 today. So, uh, And they have alfresco shopping from talented artisans selling garden-related creations in each garden. That sounds like a lot of fun. 15 bucks. 20 to day of the tour. These are all listed on my events page in Cisco.com. So the Vashon Center for the Arts Garden Tours going today and tomorrow. So I'm going to do most of the tour tomorrow. I'm really looking forward to that. And then uh, I'll be speaking at 4.30, but tickets open at 4 for this big uh, party. And the West Seattle Garden Tour is going tomorrow from 9 to 5. So I'm going to go see at least one garden uh, before the Coleman Garden, before I head over to Vashon, if as long as the ferry line isn't miles long. So I'm hoping to get to see at least one great garden on the West Seattle Garden Tour. And then finally, the Skagit Symphony's 2019 Garden Tour is Sunday, June 30. And that goes from 10 to 4. And they got six great gardens in there. And it's in LaConnor and Mount Vernon, so that's kind of fun. Go up there, see those great uh, gardens. And then uh, the funds raised benefit the music-making and education programs of the Skagit Symphony. So, uh, you know, all these garden tours go to really help great events. Uh, they do all kinds of good things with their money. And uh, so it's a great way to see fantastic gardens and to have a great time, and uh, at the same time, you're supporting all these good causes. So I think it's really a neat uh, program. Okay, well, uh, I'm flying solo today, so I hope I get lots of phone calls from you. Our number is one triple eight nine seven three Cairo one triple eight nine seven three. Five four seven six, and we'll be back on ninety seven three Cairo FM after this. Hey, thanks so much for tuning in today. Hey, if you're driving south on the freeway. Through Seattle, be prepared for a delay. They're doing some work on the roads, and it took me a long time to get in here this morning, but I made it. Hey, let's go to Kirkland right now and talk to Dave. Dave, welcome to the show. Thank you. So um, we are thinking of selling our house in about five years, and our real estate agent um, looked at our backyard at about a 70-foot length on the east side of our house, and he said we should have some sort of a green on the other side of our pretty good hedge option um, that gets really tall, that gets tall, is narrow, and is evergreen. I don't know if I I should consider a bamboo of some sort or a fir tree or probably plant like four or five of these uh, trees along the fence line. Is there anything you'd recommend? Well, um, 
I I think, you know, since you're moving, <laughs> you want something that's going to grow really fast. And, yeah, fairly, um, yeah. So I think what you want is a um, Lolani Cypress. Lolani Cypress, yeah, okay. I'm not sure I'm saying that word right now. I haven't said that for a while, but... Um, yeah, you know, there, uh, there's one particular cypress that grows way faster than all the other ones do. Okay. And uh, that's the one you want. And the nursery will know what you mean if you're going to say that. <laughs> and, um, okay. Yeah, you know, I'm not crazy about them because they grow really fast and eventually uh, they kind of lose their figure. And they're susceptible to disease. But I tell you what, for five years, they'll do great. They'll look perfect. They'll grow fast. And uh, I think it's latent cypress. And um, and then uh, that'll solve your problem pretty darn well. Like your top three? Uh, well, you know, I'm trying. You could go with, um, oh, let's see. What else could you go with? Uh, Pyramidalis. We call them arborvitaes, and yeah, I'm for, I'm I'm familiar with those, but I think we need something taller. Okay, well, I, there are, the other thing you might consider is um, incense cedar, and they're gorgeous. Okay. You'd be doing a big favor for the person that buys your house if you plant those. They're way cooler. But um, okay, yeah, so that wouldn't be bad. Uh, you know, the other thing I'd mention, which is a really great plant, it's not the fastest growing in the world, but it's uh, really a good one. And in five years, it would be plenty big enough, I'm fairly sure, is Arbutus unato. It's called strawberry tree. So this is a okay. broadleaf evergreen. It's not okay. a conifer, but it's really neat looking and uh, would make the perfect hedge. So, so since I'm driving in my car and I might forget, can you just list those three one more time and I'll hang up and write it down? All right. Uh, Leighton Cypress. I got that name wrong, but it's similar to that. If you go in, they'll know what you're talking about. Okay. And, and uh, the other's Incense Cedar. So just think of incense. Yes. And uh, uh, then the other one is Strawberry Stra- Tree. Strawberry tree. Hey, okay. But Thank there's you so much. hey one last thing before you hang up. There's two kinds of strawberry trees, so you want the one that grows tall, not the one that uh, is compacta. Okay. All right. Thank you so much. Okay. Good Thanks. luck. See you Thank later. You. Bye. You know, if I had my choice, I'd put in a uh, fence. <laughs> I think they're so much better than a hedge. But hey, if you're moving, you don't really care that much, you know. All right, do we have time to go to John? No, we won't go to John. Uh, I did get an interesting uh, email that I'll quick mention, and then we'll take a break in just a minute. And that is someone wrote me and said that they had planted golden bamboo, and all of a sudden it's turning into what seems like timber bamboo. They're growing really big. They're moving really fast. The bamboo is running across their garden And uh, what can I do to stop it? Well, there's only one thing you're going to be able to do to stop that. Now, you know, 
at Seattle U, we had running bamboo that never ran. And I never understood why it didn't run. Then I hired a really outstanding irrigation person at the university. And uh, he was out working on the campus. And he noticed that somebody had plugged one of the heads by the bamboo. And doing what he should do, he put on a good head so the bamboo would get watered. It took off like a rabbit. It spread so fast. So if you have bamboo and you never water it, it may sit still and behave itself. But when you start watering it, which is probably what happened in this case, it'll take off and run like nothing you've ever seen. I would uh, call the Millionaire Club, <laughs> hire about five uh, hardworking people, uh, day laborers, you know, these people are just down on their luck. They need some work and you'll be helping them. They'll work so hard. I always pay them the highest wage and give them lunch. And uh, that way you get uh, the dispatchers usually send you really great folks and rent some tools, have them dig it all out. You want to get that bamboo out or else you're going to have to put a big barrier around it and try and hold it back. If it were me, I'd dig it up. But you can buy bamboo barrier and put that in, and that, but it'll still jump over the top, so you got to keep a close look on it. So, all right, enough about bamboo. <laughs> I'll never put more bamboo in my garden for anything. All right, we're going to be back, and when we are, John, we're going to put you on 97.3. Right after the news. So, oh la la, did you recognize that name and voice? <laughs> <laughs> That's Megan Black, the woman that I worked with for 12 years on a TV show. So <laughs> I'm really happy for her. The Bellevue police called me up and uh, gave me quite an interview about her. So <laughs> they said, I, it was all so complimentary. They said, do you have anything bad you could say about her? I said, she can be a little impatient sometimes, but uh, she's great. I'm so happy for her that she got that great job as a spokesperson for the Bellevue Police Department. That's cool. Okay, hey, uh, let's go to Mount Vernon and talk to John. Hi, John, how you doing? Hello, Cisco. I'm fine. hope you are, too. Oh, I have a great. question about grapes. We had, we purchased three years ago a property east of Mount Vernon, and uh, we have a, a grape that I think might be Thompson seedless. They developed last year, and uh, they were seedless, very sweet, green grapes or, or white grapes. But this year, I pruned it. It hadn't been maintained in many years, and this year... And I haven't seen it uh, the two previous year, but that short history. Uh, the the leaves have developed on the top surface. It looks like raised areas that turn lighter green. On the underside of the leaf, it's a white, fuzzy, um, not a lot of long fuzz, but it, just a very kind of a, a suede appearance, just a fuzzy white areas on the underside of the leaves. 
Do you have any idea what could I, be causing this? I do have an idea. So yeah. they're individual bumps. They're kind yeah, of bumps I, on the front. Correct. Yeah. yeah. They're, they're, they're just random. Yep. You have mites. Well, I went out last night and looked and and turned them over in the with a flashlight and looked at them. Uh, I don't see anything in the daytime. I didn't see anything last night. Yeah. They're, uh, are they so tiny they can't be seen? No, they're inside the... F- the foliage, they're inside that bump. Oh. These are area fired mites. So that oh. just means they live within the tissue. Okay, okay. Yeah. So, so they are small. Oh, they're teensy, teensy, teensy. And uh, now, I don't want to, you know, I'm 90% sure I'm right on this. Mm-hmm. But if I were you, I would take some to the... Uh, to the uh, WSU Extension uh, place out there in Mount Vernon. West of Mount Vernon, yeah. Yeah, so take take some samples there because, you know, it could be that you've got some kind of mildew problem, but I don't think you do. Okay. But, but I don't, you know, if you did, you'd want to deal with that really fast. They're going to give you really good advice on how to get rid of these mites, and I you can live with these mites. They don't get into the fruit or anything. They don't really cause a, a lot of problems. But you don't want it to build up to really large numbers. So I think uh, I think they're going to have you do oil sprays right when the leaves start to come out in the spring. But I'm okay. not positive about that. So uh, they're the real experts. You know, they're the fruit center out there. Yeah, so. the Northwest Washington Experiment Center has been around for years, and it's an amazing resource. Oh, they are the best. And, uh, you know, I'm a WSU Master Gardener. I rely on so much information from the extension. And uh, so, yeah, I suggest call them up, tell them, hey, I'd like to, uh, and, you know, they may just have some Master Gardeners look at it, and they may know. But you you really want to find out for sure what you got because are you making wine with these grapes? No, no, they're they're Thompson seedless. They're not a wine. So you're grape. just eating them. Yes. Yeah. Well, hey, listen, there's and, nothing wrong with eating grapes except for that they're poisoned at dogs. <laughs> That's the only thing wrong with grapes. I never have grapes at my house because of that. But uh, so yeah, so. Uh, take that out there to the Extension Center in Mount Vernon. Call first. Make sure they're ready for you to come out, and you'll get really good advice. And uh, either send me an email at cisco.com, or uh, call next week. Let us know for sure if I – let everybody know if I'm a genius and got this right. <laughs> <laughs> thank you, Cisco. Thank you so much. John, thank you. I really appreciate the call. Good luck with those grapes. Thank you. Okay, bye-bye. And uh, that reminds me, I got an email from a person. I think it was Jeff. And uh, the person that emailed me wanted to know, uh, he wants to grow grapes to make wine in western Washington. And uh, I haven't had time to uh Email back. I have been so busy that I'm not answering everybody's questions that you're sending me on email. I apologize, but I'm just haven't had time. But uh, so, Jeff, if you're growing grapes and you want to make wine, now, uh, you know, it, it depends on, uh, it depends, like a lot of people make 
like Jeff Daly that was on the show last week, and he's the head gardener at SPU. He makes a great wine, a bunch of different great wines, but he buys the grapes from Eastern Washington because there's only one wine that we can really make, uh, that we can grow grapes for, that we can make in Western Washington, and that is Pinot Noir. People make pretty good Pinot Noir that I've had from grapes they actually grow in Western Washington, but... um, and maybe you can make Pinot Gris, which would be the white variety of Pinot Noir, sort of. You might be able to do that. But I think even most people that make that get their grapes from the east side of the mountain. So uh, if you're going to try and make your own wine, I think Pinot Noir is the, the grape you want to grow. And that's about the only thing that's going to really work for you, Jeff. All right. Hey, we got a call from George in Sammamish. Hey, George, what's happening? Oh, sorry. I got to hold off on that one for a minute. <laughs> okay. So we'll go to you in a minute, George. But I think uh, I think Brian's gathering up all your information right now. So I jumped the gun a little bit on that. So, hey, I just, uh, this gives me a chance to remind you that I'm going to be at Christiansen's at a rosy day out. At 3 o'clock, so thank goodness the traffic problems are uh, heading south and not heading north. So uh, uh, should we take a break and then, yeah, all right, we're going to take a break. When we come back, George, I'm going to pop you on 97.3 Cairo FM, so right back after this. And uh, I'll be going to you in one second, George. I do want to remind you that I am going to be giving away a Gardening with Cisco t-shirt at both uh, Christensen's Nursery this afternoon at 3 and tomorrow at the Vashon uh, Garden Tour. And so, uh, but uh, these were designed by my wife, Mary. This is the third series. I can't sell them. I had people trying to buy them and... um, some people were a little upset that they didn't win one. This is the coolest one she ever did. So you'll see it today. And uh, <laughs> sorry, I only give one away per talk. It drives people nuts, but it's really fun. I'm going to give away a copy of my book, too, and about 8,000 of John Christensen's plants. <laughs> okay. Hey, we're going to George and Smavish right now. George, how are you doing? Hey, great, Cisco. You've helped me out before. I'm hoping you can help me again. I'm never uh, stumped. I went out and got a big big mason bee house, uh, and then I tracked down the mason bees uh, at the end of February or whatever. The uh, You know, it was like a little window when they had them. Yeah. So I got them, put it up there, and they filled the tubes like crazy. Oh, good. So I got it underneath my eave, facing east, all what they said to do. So now, do I just wait over the summer, and then they told me to put it away come Labor Day, like under in my shed or something, to overwinter, and then bring it back out next spring? Yeah, that's about what you do. So, all right. So uh, now, the the mason bees, they, they've already filled up all the chambers? Uh, well, quite a, about half of them. There's a couple hundred in this thing. It's a big one. I got at Costco, this mason. Great. Bee. It looks like a barn. You know, it's big cool. compared to the other ones at the nurseries. But anyway, 
they filled up a good portion of them, and you know the activity has kind of died down now. And yeah, I know they will bust out the mud in next spring, and yep. I just what I don't know is do I got to clean out the tubes for the next set uh, well, for next spring or? Well, let me ask you a question. So on these mason bees, for anyone listening that don't know, they're uh, native bees. They're blue bees. They're the best pollinators. They're great for fruit. So uh, in the house you have, does it have removable tubes? or no, is it? All, well, I, I'm not sure. They seem like they were all glued together, you know, uh, but they're they're open in the back and the front. I mean, it's possible that tube the whole chambers come out. I believe. I don't know. You need to know because here's the thing. So if you got the name of the the company that sells those, you could email them, or you could go oh, to yeah. their website. It'll probably tell you. But if the tubes yeah. are removable, you got to do some work. So what you do is in the winter time, uh, you'll pull those tubes out, open them up. And they, that means they're going to sell other tube replacements that you're going to have to get. And then you oh. take, then you look at uh, the little cocoons. And the yep. thing, the cocoons, some of them are going to have, uh, if they have like uh, mold on them or looks like yep. fungus on them, on any of those, you got to clean those in bleach. You got to do the same thing if it looks like there's mites all over them. You could see them. You you mean the tubes or the the, the cocoons? The cocoons. Yeah, I see. And you put them in bleach. You know, right now off the top of my head, I don't want to give you the wrong recipe, so you can look that up on the web. All right. And uh, but you got to put them in. Uh, I think it's about a one to ten solution of uh, bleach to water. And uh, oh, you you just leave them in there for like 10 minutes and then dry them. And then uh-huh. uh, you put them out. They they usually have ways you could put those cocoons out in the spring and they'll hatch. Instead of coming through the mud, they'll just come charging out and and do yeah, your pollination. At the nursery, they sold me these little boxes and they had a little a tape on the top. And when I got them home, they told me to lift up the tape and then they would come out. Okay, so yeah, so um, yeah, they're so those have been cleaned. See, somebody already cleaned those and put them in that box, and you'll have yeah. you'll you're going to need to do something like that. Put them in something so they can come out yeah. next spring. But so so those little those little larvae that are in the tubes now they won't eat their way out of one end. I was under the impression they'll eat out the back and come out. Then you got to clean the tubes out with pipe cleaner or something. Yeah, well, if they come out, they're going to try and come right back into the same chambers. I see. So you wow. may ha- you might not have removable tubes, so I'm going to tell you yeah. what to do if you don't, okay? Drill yeah. yourself a bunch of more, more uh, blocks. So get some wood blocks, not, oh, yeah. Tr- yeah. not treated wood, and I think what right. is it? It's a seven sixteenth inch hole. You drill into yep, the I got block. Drills and everything. I can do that. Okay, good. And don't go through the back. If you do go through oh. the back of the block, then uh, then um, uh, screw on a new back. Okay. Oh, I see. You need a back on it. And uh, oh, I see. Yeah. So here's what you do in spring when you're uh, when you see the mason bees start coming out. 
put a yep. cardboard box over. So you've got it hanging on the wall, right? You'll have it hanging yeah, on the wall in spring. So it stays dry. Yeah. Okay. They told me. And, yep. So. so put a cardboard box over it and uh, punch a hole about the size of a dime or maybe a nickel in the cardboard okay. box and put it over yep. your block. Put the new blocks around it because the mesa bees go back to the same block and you've got disease and uh, mites in there. I see. You don't want them to use wow. that. So they'll see the light. They can find their way out real easy to get out of the cardboard box, but they can't find their way back in. They'll start using your new blocks. Oh. Yeah, and then what you do, you take the old block when, when you know all the bees, no more bees are coming out of there. Then you yep. you take that box off, take that block out, and put it in uh, one part bleach to ten parts water solution, and uh, clean it out real good. Clean it out with your hose, and you can use that the following spring. Oh, okay. Yeah. So after Labor Day, put the whole thing and get it out of the uh, wet, you know, uh, winter, and then and then they'll yeah. be okay under the, if they're inside a shed or something. Yeah, because all kinds of critters try to get into them. One time yeah. at my house, so there's yellow jackets and things that get in and start attacking the the cocoons in there oh. in the winter. You don't want that, so put it in your garage. Yeah. It'll be better. And uh, yeah, and you know what I saw one year? I I came out and there were, uh, pileated woodpeckers were eating them. They're just uh. sitting in there eating them. And I called the guy uh, that um, wrote the first book about mason bees and said, "Hey, uh. these things are Brian. These things are eating my mason bees. Do I got to worry?" He goes, "Nah, you don't have to worry. Mama Nature's too smart for that." The, right. the female lays the eggs at a female way in the back of the blocks. She puts all the males out in the front. We're the sacrificial lambs. We're not that important. Yeah. They only need a couple of us. They need a lot of females. So don't worry yeah. too much if you see something like that. But, yeah, yeah. put them in your all garage. Right. It'll save you a lot of trouble. Yeah, it might take me a couple cycles to get it down pat, but it seems like I can do it. So. Oh, yeah, you'll get it down pat. It's pretty easy. I got a big thing about that in my new book coming out in spring, so make sure you get my new book when it comes out. Okay, I got to run, George. Hey, it was great talking to you and a fantastic question. Thanks so much. All right, I'm looking forward to seeing you folks up in Mount Vernon and also up in uh, at Vashon tomorrow. We're going to have a lot of fun. You might even win a Garden with Cisco t-shirt. Brian, thanks as always for a wonderful show. Okay, everybody, remember, this is great gardening weather. We're even getting rain. Thank you, Mama Nature. So get out there and garden, but eat your Brussels sprouts so that you're fit to do it. Okay, see you next week. Bye-bye. <laughs>